Pastor and I, a couple of, few months ago, a couple of months ago, talked about me having the entire month of May uh, to put together a series to present uh, to you, our family, uh, and so here we are. It's May, and here I am. Um, so I prayed a lot, was looking at what can I do for four weeks, um, what, what has spoken deeply to me in my faith. Um, that's always from the best position for any preacher to give a sermon is, is what is God speaking to your heart first um, before you share with the people. And so I thought, well, what, what are some things that are important to me? What am I going through right now? What, where am I in life uh, that, that is speaking, speaking rich uh, God things in my life? Um, and gratitude was, was kept coming back. Uh, so we're going to spend all month on gratitude, on being thankful, on being grateful. Um, gratitude affects everything that we do. It affects our, our time in worship. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, that gratitude affects our worship. Uh, then we're going to look at how gratitude affects our attitude and the way that we treat others, the way that we serve others in our life, the way that we live our life. Um, it truly is choosing an attitude of gratitude uh, for us to glorify God in our life. And then we're going to look at, from 1 Thessalonians, that, that gratitude affects everything. Uh, the verse says that in everything give thanks. And I've always struggled with that verse. You know, God, how do you expect me to be thankful for the chaos in my life, for the craziness? Um, how, can, how can I do that? You know, I'd rather thank you for the easy stuff, uh, for the stuff that you give me that, that I can handle, that I like, you know, all this, this extra stuff. Um, it's hard to be thankful for. So we'll take a look at that. And then the last Sunday is gratitude for our church family. And that's going to be celebrated by our students. Uh, that's going to be a youth Sunday with our graduate recognition. Uh, they're going to be up leading uh, our church family and thanking you all for what you are allowing God to do in their lives and being there as an encouragement for them as well. Uh, so very excited about this series. We're going to watch a couple of videos once in a while. Um, but I'm very excited. And I've had to stop so many times in my life, maybe more recently than not. No, I'm multiple times, even as I think through high school, through college, where chaos, my life gets crazy. I'm, I'm frustrated with the situation I'm in, and I just have to stop and take account, you know, to truly count my blessings. Um, when I don't do that, I tend to be, what's a polite word, grumpy. Um, <laughs> That's what Carrie labels this. I do too. Um, and that grumpy list, a lot of times when I get it in my head, outweighs anything that I'm thankful for. Um, but the times that I've had to stop and take account, hold on, what is God doing in my life? Uh, who are the people in my life? Uh, what has God done in my life? What do I have to look forward to? I start building this gratitude list. And every single time, by the glory of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that gratitude list always outweighs the grumpy list. Um, and so I want to hang out with us for this whole month and talk about gratitude. Poor Thanksgiving gets kind of squeezed. No, not even squeezed between Halloween and, and uh, Christmas. It kind of gets just overlapped on both sides. Um, and it's not just a one-day thing. 
Uh, this truly is, and we're going to take a look at even how important gratitude is towards God in our worship and in our life. Um, so turn with me to Psalm 100, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible app, uh, to Psalm 100. Take a little, a little evaluation of how we entered into our worship time this morning. Um, so Psalm 100, if you don't have uh, your Bible or an app, then I've got it set up for you. Uh, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. We could just stop there and go home on that. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Did we wake up this morning getting ready for church and the craziness of getting children ready and getting ourselves ready? Show up this morning for Bible study for worship with a truly thankful heart, with a heart ready to worship, with a heart ready to give God the glory for all that he is, all that he does. And I've been guilty of that. Um, as a pastor, showing up to work on a Sunday morning and not feeling it. Um, and that, that always convicted me, always wanted me to, or had me double check my heart and, and think, wait a second, this is not how I need to be on this Sunday morning for worship or Sunday night or, or a Bible study. And it's so important for us to understand that the gratitude does affect our worship in this amazing way. Um, and this gratitude is, is truly giving God the thanks, giving God the glory for who he is. Uh, and it's hard. It's very difficult. Um, I, if you have children, I know that you never had to teach your child to say mine. Right? That's mine. Mine. Mine, 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 mine. Like Finding Nemo, all the seagulls. Mine, mine, mine. Okay. I have to admit something to you, and Carrie can attest to this. I still say that quite a bit. Uh, don't we all? We have to choose gratitude. We have to choose thankfulness. We have to look for things in our life to be thankful for, to give God the glory for, uh, to, to appreciate the people and situations in our life. And so that's where we're going to be looking this morning at how worship or how gratitude affects our worship. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to to be here this morning as we have this time of worship that we open our hearts to you, that we look for the things that you are doing in our life, uh, that you have provided, that you are continuing to do. Father, I thank you for this time that we can sing praises and thanks to you uh, this entire morning and even as we leave this place throughout the rest of our day. Father, prepare our hearts. May your spirit move mightily in this room right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. By the way, family, thank you for letting me do all my little wardrobe changes on Sunday mornings. <laughs> we talked about that too, and I'm like, look, I'm really loving playing the drums, and I'm not giving that up even if I've got to preach. So if you see me a little extra sweaty and glowy, whatever, um, that's why. So maybe we should get a little fan. Or if I really did what Pastor does and walk, you know there's an amazing spot right there because that vent comes right up with the cold air. Um, 
So today is looking at how gratitude affects our worship, um, how important it is for us uh, to understand what we have, for us to understand what God thinks about our gratitude towards him in worship, uh, and then just continuing to be better and better at that each and every day. So why should we be grateful? And we can't get to this place of gratitude in our worship unless we understand what we're grateful for. Uh, If you will turn with me to Luke chapter 17, and this, I'm going to be reading from verses 11 through 19, actually kind of walking through it. This is the healing of the 10 lepers. So Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And this is taking a look at at the journey that Jesus is doing on his way to Jerusalem. Um, By the way, this is the end of his ministry on the way to the cross, uh, that he comes through Uh, between Samaria and Galilee, and he enters this village and is met by these 10 lepers. Um, Now, with the leprosy, the the lepers have to call out from afar. And leprosy in that time was vicious. Um, It was not a great disease. It was incurable. They didn't know uh, how to cure it. And, And leprosy goes after the nervous system to where you eventually can't feel touch on the skin, uh, on your face, your ears, your nose, your feet. Uh, And understanding this with Carrie's CRPS, understanding what the nervous system does for the body, um, with leprosy, when there's no nerve signals, the muscles, the tendons kind of contract to where their fingers become curled up, their toes become curled up, their toes and feet become club feet. Um, We met, Carrie had someone with with the two weeks that she had in England, this young lady that had a club foot, she had an incident where she had nerve damage in her foot, and her foot became, and let me go on this side because Laura's over here, her foot became all the way sideways, um, and she couldn't control it. So her, her right foot was pointed directly out to the side. And she had to live with that. There's nothing that they can do. So getting a little understanding of what leprosy was back then, and no one wanted this. No one wanted leprosy. It was contagious. And so if you were diagnosed, if you will, with leprosy, you were outcast from your community. You had to go live with other lepers, away from everyone else, keep a distance. Um, So imagine this. They don't have a cure. You're going to die with leprosy. No one wants to be around you. You're, you're excommunicated from your village, which who lives there but your family, your friends, your job, your sports, your hobbies, your life. You have been taken out of that. Um, and, and there have been so many opportunities of ministering to people who have gone through cancer and, and some deadly diseases, but usually you have family right there. You have church people. You have friends that are there praying with you, visiting you in the hospital. That wasn't the case with the lepers. Uh, They now were living alone to die by themselves without family and friends. Um, So this was a very very vicious disease uh, that these lepers had. But they see Jesus coming down the road, and they're like, what else do we have to lose? Let's call out to Jesus And if you notice, they call him Jesus Master. Um, Usually, especially through Luke, you see Jesus referred to as a teacher. But this is the end of his ministry. The lepers have heard about this Jesus. You know, he's done some miracles and some stuff that we've heard. Why not give it a shot? 
Let's call out for mercy from Jesus uh, to see if he'll help us out. And Jesus does. Uh, As they approach him, Jesus says, yes. He goes, you will be cleansed. And, or they said, have mercy on us. And he said, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. So if you notice, he didn't heal them immediately. Uh, it, was, it was, take this, if you believe that I can do this, you head over to the priest. Um, because back then, the priest had to approve you as clean or unclean. Uh, and lepers obviously were unclean. They had to get checked out by the priest before they could be labeled clean and then go back to their life. And here's a side note that Jesus sent them out to trust that he was going to heal them. How many times do we want God to do something in our life and are waiting for him while we're just sitting there, praying and, and praying for God to make a change, but he was wanting us to be obedient to him and to follow him? Then the change will come. And that's what the lepers, the Jesus asked of the lepers is go. Go to the priest on your way. You will be cleansed. So as they're walking out, imagine, you know, my buddy Joe and I, we're lepers. We, we are heading towards where the priest is, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I've, I've got this sensation back in my fingers. My, my foot's walking better and stronger you know, and Joe, is my nose better? Because the nose with the leprosy, by the way, kind of collapses their noses with no muscle movement and, and no whatever going on, their ears or their hands. You know, Joe, hey, you know, look at my face. You know, and who knows? Joe could have said, well, I didn't realize your nose was that big. Um, <laughs> but, but imagine that feeling, that, that excitement that, and who knows? Who knows if... if This group of 10, there was one that just had uh, contracted leprosy, another one that had lived for years and years with it. Their lives have changed. They can now go back to the priest. They can go back to their family, their friends, their work, all of their stuff that they love uh, and be reunited. But there is one out of the 10 that made it halfway and, and probably had friends and family ready to see him, and, and he is overjoyed to go show them. But he said, wait, this happened because of Jesus. I'm going to go back and thank him. And man, he comes back, and he is crying out to Jesus, falling at Jesus' feet, thanking him. Um, this leper's gratitude truly affected this worship. Um, who knows what the other lepers were thinking? Who knows their priority of wanting to to go home and say, well, I'll find Jesus later and thank him, but man, I've got to get home. But this one leper knew that this came from Christ uh, and knew that he needed to go back and thank Christ immediately and to worship him. And what does Jesus say? Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was one, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Or other translations will say saved. Uh, So this leper truly understood what to be grateful for. Yes, he got his life back. Yes, he got everything, loved ones. He could go out and get new clothes now. But the most important thing was Jesus and this relationship that he now had with, with Jesus Christ. And what a beautiful picture of who we are 
as Christ followers, who we are as Christians, if you have accepted Christ as Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you are here saved. Your life is new. You have so much more than you ever did in the past because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That alone is, is enough motivation and gratitude to come into this room, uh, to worship, to thank Jesus for all that he does. So now go back to Psalm 100. Here is this leper that now gets to celebrate and gets what Psalm 100 means something to this leper now. Uh, to make a joyful noise to the Lord. And he does that. He falls at the feet of Jesus, crying out in a loud voice. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I remember memorizing this passage, and I think I combined we are his and we are his people. You know, it just kind of goes, goes right through. But the, I had to stop. I had it underlined and bolded, we are his um, it's one thing to, to receive salvation from God. It is one thing to receive the, our sins forgiven. But here is a God that loves and adores us so much that he calls us his. Amazing picture. And, and how do we not come into our worship time together? Thanking him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. So we have a reason to, to be thankful, to come into this worship time with thankful hearts, with gratitude, because of our salvation from God the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. But how important is this gratitude to God? This is great for us. It helps keep us focused on the things of God. But what does God think about this gratitude? Um, what does God want from us. It was important to Jesus. We saw that. So turn with me over to Psalm 69. Psalm 69. And I'm going to read verses 30 and 30 through 32. Psalm 69, 30 to 32. says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. This will please the Lord more than any offering, any sacrifice. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who see God, let your hearts revive. And, then, and I tried to Google, okay, what back then were the, the rankings of certain animals for offering? You know, you have your doves, you have your lambs, you have your different... Uh, firstborn of animals, you know, I assumed that an ox and a bull with its horns and hooves ranked up pretty high uh, to be used in this. But here is a passage that says it's not about what's given. It's our heart. Um, how do we magnify the Lord? How do we show how much greater he is? You know, to magnify something is to, to look at something and realize how big it is. And this isn't a microscope or a, a magnifying glass. This is more of a telescope. A telescope, we realize the size of the moon, the size of the planets, the stars. But when we look through that telescope, we understand just a little bit more how ginormous it is. And we have an amazing big God that when it's time to magnify God and who he is, we come with thanksgiving. It doesn't matter what we've given to him. It doesn't matter our time and our talent. 
our tithe, whatever, it is truly God wanting our heart. Um, and it's, it's not about uh, the, the amount given and offering whatever. You know, if you bring the bull, remember the horns and the hooves uh, to make sure you get this right. But it's not about that. And I have to tell you a little side note as, as preparing sermons, and Pastor probably gets this all the time. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, that works. Like, I have got to get this in my sermon. So I woke up, I was at, um, in Ohio with Tyler stuff, and I woke up in the, in the hotel room and um, went and got my notes out and wrote these down. So you can write these down, because I kind of liked them. And they're cheesy, because you know it's me. <laughs> so about, about giving our offering, about the sacrifice that we need to give God, it's not the gift, it's the gratitude. It's not the money, it's the motive. It's not the tithe, it's the thanksgiving. It doesn't matter how many hours we study scripture. It doesn't matter how many verses we've memorized. It doesn't matter how many hours we've logged in in service projects and mission projects and setting up and tearing down and doing events at church. It doesn't matter how much we give in the offering plate. It matters to God how much we glorify and magnify him with our thanks. Um, when we come with a, a heart that's not willing to worship and a heart that's not willing to be thankful and, and gracious, we are missing out on so much that's going on. Um, and I remember my very first mission trip was in Mexico. Uh, first time out of the United States, took a group of our college kids down. We were going to work in an orphanage, and we did a lot of projects around there, but we went to this village, and the homes there were made literally out of uh, garage doors. Um, as the walls, as the roof, uh, there were electrical wires across this, the dirt streets for people to have whatever form of electricity. I mean, they had nothing. And we got to go and be a part of a worship service that morning for Sunday. Uh, and the church was not much greater than a very simple structure with um, the corrugated metal, sheet metal on the, on the roof, uh, very, a packed down mud floor. And I have to tell you, that was one of the purest worship experiences I've ever had. Um, because it wasn't about what they didn't have. It was, what about they, it was about what they did have. And that was a Savior that loved them, a God that pursued them, a Holy Spirit that was working in their life. Um, and that was, that was a beautiful thing. And we have access to that at all times. Um, as we come with a thankful heart and gratitude in our, in our life and in our heart. And gratitude affects our worship, and not just on Sundays. And I'll close with this. Um, we can get so distracted. It is so much easier to worship God and to thank Him while we're in church. We're listening to great songs, uh, a message, Bible study, whatever we're doing with church family. So much easier. Um, it's a little taste of the camp high, you know, that you get. If you've gone away for a retreat or a camp um, and doing the math, I've, I understand what a camp high is because in 31 years of ministry and then seven as a student, I've got a good number of camp highs that I've experienced. Um, because you're surrounded by Christians, you're surrounded by uh, leaders who love you, it's so much easier, but when we, when we leave this place and go literally, sometimes not even make it out the parking lot, um, we, we switch right back to the busyness of life. We get distracted. 
uh, we forget how simple it is to thank God. Um, and my, my rude awakening was either seventh or eighth grade. I got back from my first week at camp. I'm so excited. And it really is. Your first camp, your first retreat is always the best of your life. I get home. I can't wait to share with my mom all that happened, this great, amazing week. You know, and she politely and, and patiently listened to my story as I was very excited. And she was excited for me. And then she said, Randy, that's, that's really great. Very proud of you. Um, glad you had a good week. Now it's time to go mow the lawn. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get back and it's this harsh shift of back to reality. Um, there's some of you that, that might have already looked at your phone during service and checked email from work that you have to deal with tomorrow. I get it. Um, but so many times we need to stay focused on who God is, on what he has done in our life, uh, and keep things in perspective. Uh, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, let me read to you um, these verses. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Matt Chandler writes it this way. Sin loses its, loses its grasp on our hearts when God is a greater delight than the things below. And that's where I am with this. All of this, is, this whole series um, is right back at me. And the times I've focused on God, the times I've pursued him and sought after him and thanked him, even in the midst of the chaos, those those things come uh, so much stronger than all the grumpiness that's in my life. Um, what an amazing God that we have that loves us, that not only just gave us a way to salvation, a way to spend eternity in heaven with him, but he wants to be a part of our life each and every day for us to be aware of him and focus on him and pursuing him in all things. So gratitude truly affects our worship. And I pray as we not only conclude this time, um, and actually what's really cool is we are about to go into our time of communion, of Lord's Supper. Um, and, and God knew that we were going to forget. God knew that we were going to get distracted. Because what does he say? In remembrance of me. Uh, as we come to the table, to the Lord's table, and take of this Lord's Supper, that we take a moment quietly and to ourselves, thanking God, for who he is, uh, for our salvation, for our faith in him, for the grace and mercy and love bestowed on us each and every moment. Uh, mercy is new every day uh, because of him. So I'm going to close us in prayer. We are going to have our closing time, and then we will go into our Lord's Supper. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, uh, for this reminder of who you are, uh, that we can come into your presence with thanksgiving. That, Father, you desire that over all that we attempt to do uh, as mere men and women, men and women of, of trying to please you. Truly, it, it is our heart. Uh, it is our desire to, to thank you and to continue to give of ourselves uh, to you and to those around us. Father, I thank you for this time together that we are reminded of how much you love us and how much how grateful we are to all 